What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show here on Shardog.com. And today we are looking ahead to Cage Warriors 148, and it's a really big, really interesting Cage Warriors card uh, that pits the UK side of Cage Warriors against the US side of, of Cage Warriors, um, which is kind of... It, there's been a couple of those fights, but this is the first real kind of card for, uh, of, of that ilk. I suppose from Cage Warriors and joining me today is Cage Warriors uh, commentator, media guy, all round, all round great guy, Brad Wharton to uh, to preview the the card. Brad, I'm freezing here. I have a uh, usually I'm a t-shirt guy. I have a jumper on. I have a coat on. You have the hat on. It's we can't we can't deal well with this. I was talking to someone in Canada yesterday and it was like minus twenty five over there. It was like I just fly out immediately. I can't, I can't deal with it. It's cold. It's not great, is it? But it's not. It's nice and wintry, I suppose. Yeah, it is. It is. But yeah, it's definitely uh, woolly hat and two jumpers weathers for me. Yeah, 100%. But it'll be heating up, though, on, uh, on New Year's Eve at Cage Warriors 148. I know you're a, a person who loves the old school MMA and, uh, you know, a big fan of Igor Vortanchin uh, and others as well. New Year's Eve for you, is it? I, I'm on the record of saying I'm not the biggest fan of New Year's Eve cards. Like, I don't mind when they're outside of Ireland. If I have to go to them in Ireland, I'm like, no, no, thanks. I've got to stay at home. I, I, are you a fan of New Year's Eve cards? Is this something, like, down through the years you've always been watching and you've kind of gone back and watched as well? It is a great tradition in MMA, New Year's Eve cards, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think if you're a fan of a certain age and, and you started watching MMA at a certain time, there's something very special about New Year's Eve. You know, in America, uh, not so much, but in, in, in Japan, uh, Particularly, you had the huge K1 cards. Uh, you know, you had the World Grand Prix at the end of December, and then they started doing combined shows with Pride on, on New Year's Eve, the Shockwave events. Some of the biggest attended MMA events in the history of the sport, you know, looking at 80,000 people for, for a couple of those shows. Absolutely, uh, you know, record-breaking. Um, and it was always kind of a mixture of, of the biggest fights in terms of the sport and also some of the, the biggest spectacle fights. And, you know, if you're a fan of that kind of pride era uh, and the freak show fights, there was always something crazy going on on New Year's Eve. I suppose back then people in the West weren't actually watching it on New Year's Eve. You had to wait until some guy was putting dodgy DVDs of it on eBay a few weeks later before you actually got them. So you never really had the issue of having to stay in uh, on New Year's Eve uh, many moons ago, but, it's something that certainly I I still enjoy. You know, I, I've, I've been watching the rising cards, even though I, I, I don't follow it as much as I probably should, but I'll definitely watch the rising cards for New Year. Obviously, you know, K1 is very, very different now. It kind of finished in uh, in 2010. But, yeah, you know, it definitely holds a special place in my heart. And, you know, being part of the first two Cage Warriors New Year's Eve shows about 10 years ago, the likes of Conor McGregor, obviously getting his iconic knockout and, you know, Stevie Ray, Ivan Bashinga, putting on a barnstormer. Uh, they were some great nights. So it, it's great to be back doing it again. And uh, great to have Jesse Taylor back, who is kind of a throwback to one of those New Year's Eve cards. But I'm sure we'll talk about that in due course. Indeed, 100%. I think it's great as well. Like, And I said this with KJRs, but with other promotions as well. Like when the UFC are off, that's your time to strike. You know, and I know the KJRs kind of have a relationship with the UFC and sometimes put on cards before it. And that's actually great as well, obviously, but the, the time difference. But I think like New Year's Eve is that time where a lot of people you know do maybe spend it at home with their family and do have maybe a couple of hours before you know watching that terrible tv at 12 o'clock and then they turn it off and then they might put on like a car for japan or somewhere after that as well so 
it's it's a good time to do it and it's a good time to have a cards as well just for you know with the UFC basically taking a month off it's it's a good time to, to strike while Iron is at and there's some of the best talent uh, on the Cage Warriors roster on this as well and we'll get to that in a second one thing I want to ask you as well I was doing a, a review and it'll be, I'm not sure if it'll be out before or after this but of like the year for Cage Warriors and I did all the kind of the UK shows, but I kind of left out the, the US shows because it's something for me, obviously, and with the time difference and with so much, it's not, I, I haven't really got into it yet, right? And there's only been a couple of shows, so maybe that will still come, and I'm sure the people over in San Diego and the locals there are, are, are really happy with it and are, um, you know, are, are enjoying that their fighters are getting the opportunity as well. As someone, you know, who's watched those shows, maybe for the people who are maybe un, uninitiated, what would you say, like, would be the story of those shows from this year is it still building do they have say the level of talent that the cage warriors uk have in terms of the best up-and-coming prospects and is it a similar type of product or is it a different product is it a product like you know um, and not a cage warriors uk product in terms of the best up-and-comers or is it is it something else is it a higher level not or not higher level fighter but a different sort of level fighter a different place in their career what would you describe it as I think it's a nice mix. I mean, you know, if you look at those cards, uh, and we'll we'll talk about uh, maybe Justin Barry later on. Is who's a guy who's I believe three and oh, four and oh, uh, just starting his career. So it's giving guys like that a nice little showcase. But then you've got guys like Wilson Hayes, who's been competing for over a decade, uh, well over a decade at the, at the highest level of the sport, fought for a UFC title. Um, so I, I think it's like the European shows in many ways. There's a nice eclectic mix of veterans. Um, you know, guys who could very easily be fighting uh, on, on a UFC card or on a Bellator card, for example. Um, but then there's always that focus on finding the next stars. Um, you know, a guy like Carl Driscoll got uh, a, a huge opportunity to fight for a title in, in a big fight in London off the back of uh, performance o- over on the, uh, the California card. So, you know, I think there's only been five, maybe six, cards in california since that whole thing started so it's still very much early days but um you know first day at a new venue already planned for uh, early march next year um it's going to be at a uh, a casino uh, over just outside the center of california i, I believe um and there's going to be a, again i believe four shows uh, throughout the year so lots of time to build lots of time to uh, you know find a few diamonds in the rough and after New Year's Eve, there may be a few Cage Warriors titles being contested on those shows. Very interesting, because, like, there's always been guys coming over, like whether it's Bigfoot Silva back in the day or Jim Allers and others as well, to, you know, to Cage Warriors UK scene. And, and you know, even, I'd say, from Central Europe coming over to fight the UK and Irish guys, it's always been a thing in Cage Warriors. And to be honest, I love it. Like, the you mentioned the Kyle Driscoll fight. That was something a little bit different because it's one you're thinking like, okay, was he in line? Or we were not even thinking of him, and then he comes in, and you know, put on a, a obviously a good fight, and and, and Hardwick got through it. But it's it's very very interesting to say like if, oh, and we, we'll talk about Christian Eri Duncan another year, but let's say a prospect like Christian Eri Duncan emerges over in the US to be able to come through and fight him, you know, in in the UK in in an amalgamation show or whatever it might be, is that's very exciting to me, and it just opens up like what Cage Warriors is in terms of the the prospects coming through. So. You know, exciting times for me, and definitely something that um, I think with more time will, and with the roster growing over there, it's something that will uh, will even get better and better. But we have a pretty good card here, and let's let's start with maybe some of the the undercard fighters first, and we we'll concentrate in a, a lot on on the top. Um, 
um, a couple. Justin Barry, you mentioned there, he's fighting uh, Dario Belandi, who's you know three and one uh, now, but he has you know he's been around for for a while. He's fought obviously a couple of times already in cage. Whereas when you see a guy going in there against Will Curry uh, and he's third fight, even though you know Will is still young in his career, you, you know you know he's going to be trusted. He lost that decision, okay, but he. Um, you know he went uh, he went all three rounds uh, with Will. He came out in his next fight in and he, and he won that as well. And he's got in there with, with Justin Barry, another guy you mentioned there. He's one of the guys that I suppose the name has percolated over, and we've heard about Justin Barry. Break down that one for us, Brad. That is the type of fight, isn't it? Where it's two young guys, not too many fights, but it could be a, a real interesting one. The, the guy who wins it, like, is probably going forward and going up towards the the top of the Cage Warriors ranks. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, and if you look at these kind of Team Europe versus Team USA fights, you've got guys at various levels. You obviously got uh, a guy like Modestus who, who's fought in the UFC. You've got Christian Leroy Duncan who could very easily be fighting in the UFC. Probably could have been fighting in the UFC two fights ago. Um, you've got Jesse Taylor who's literally fought everyone everywhere, and then you've got these up and coming guys. Uh, so it's a great opportunity for you know a guy like Justin. Obviously, went viral last year with that crazy uh, crescent kick knockout. Uh, it's a great opportunity for him to get that spotlight, which is going to be there because of the three world title fights on this card and because of the USA versus Europe series. It's a great opportunity uh, for him and for Dario to have um, a spotlight on them, where where otherwise they may have been, you know, not forgotten about on the prelims, but maybe just you know buried on the prelims of another stack cage warriors card there's a there's a bit more sizzle to it with the whole uk versus usa thing and and with the big names on the card so a huge opportunity for guys like this um you know it's not maybe not just a win that's on stake it is maybe another chance for a guy like justin or a guy like dario to get that big viral knockout and uh and have that attention that always seems to percolate around mixed martial arts on new year's eve 100 mm-hmm, percent. what about the fight then and it's a very, very interesting one for me, uh, um, Nathan Fletcher against Alessandro Giordano. Because you look at Fletcher, right? And I was talking to someone about Fletcher the other day, and we were, you know, we were doing kind of the awards and, and different things, and talking about, you know, guys that maybe had disappointing years but could bounce back next year. And you look at his last three fights. He lost to Dominic Wooding for the title. But two fights before that, he beat Michele Martignoni, who's the champion now. Rear naked choked him in the third round. And like, 6-1, and one, a very, very good record. You know, um, his opponent is the same record, in fact. 6-1 and one has, you know, fought over in Vinator and fought around the place. This is his first fight in cage wars. He hasn't, you know, he lost his second fight of his career, I believe, back in 2019. And has, you know, a few uh, calf kick KOs and, and things like that as well. For Nathan Fletcher, you know, he's one of those guys, I think a lot of people coming through said this guy, you know, coming out of next gen, there's the Luke Rileys and other lads as well coming out there, obviously following the footsteps of, of Molly and Paddy. And maybe he got there a little bit early, maybe he did, but having said that, he beat the, the now champion two fights earlier. This is a massive fight for him really, isn't it? Because, you know, we were talking obviously of the Irish show coming up and we were like, look, Kellen Lochran should be getting in there and, and, and he should be fighting Martignoni next. But, for for uh for Fletcher, it's uh, it, it's a very very interesting one. When you have that win over the champion, you have an opportunity here on the big card, as you said, with three title fights on it. If he can win this, he's right back in contention, isn't he? Absolutely. I mean, obviously, I don't know what the plans are going forward. I, I would be surprised if Kaylin Lockton doesn't fight for the title next, and I would be very surprised if the winner of this fight 
doesn't go on to challenge the winner of that one. Um, you know, Fletcher, remember as well, has a win over Kaelin at Amateur back in the day. So there's a bit of a, a kind of backstory there, but I really don't think anyone should be uh, overest- uh, underestimating uh, Alessandro Giordano. Uh, been watching some of this guy's fights recently. My goodness, he's a little savage. Absolutely incredible straight right hand on him. Loves to throw the elbow over the top when he's in close. As you say, loves the car kit, calf kicks. Really, really rapid striker with a lot of snap on his shots. Um, yeah, I, I, I've been hearing a lot of good things from guys in the Italian scene about this guy. So when I saw this fight announced, I, I was very, very happy because I've been hearing the exact same things about Nathan Fletcher from everyone in the UK. And obviously we've seen his progression uh, of the, the recent years in Cage Warriors. And I rate this guy very, very highly too. Um, look, you know, he came up short against Don Wooding it's one of those things with this sport, you know, sometimes you're the hammer, sometimes you're the nail. He'd been the hammer for six fights before that. He'd been running through guys, beat the current champ, as you say. Um, and it just wasn't his night against Wooding. You know, he was, he was kind of way ahead in that fight. He, he was dominating the early stages. Um, Wooding kind of outlasted him and was able to get that phenomenal comeback knockout. Uh, I don't think there's any shame in that. I rate Don Wooding very highly as a fighter as well. Uh, and, and look, how many guys do we see get to 15-0, 20-0 in this game? Not many, right? So I don't think there's any shame in, in, in losing that fight for Nathan whatsoever. I think these two guys are, in terms of prospects, two of the best in Europe. Uh, and this, for me, I, I think a lot of people will probably say that the uh, the Harilla versus uh, Wilson fight is the people's main event. But this is my uh, this is Brad's main event. If you If you want to give it a name, this is the fight that I'm looking most forward to on this card. Yeah, the, the WME, Wharton's man of in. I think we, we, yeah, we, there we go. There we go. We that. Two guys I want to mention as well. Uh, Nick Bagley, who another you know top prospect coming through. Uh, he's fighting Callum Parker, but Jason Blair as well. Uh, two and one. Jason, I suppose a lot of people know him. He trains with Paddy Pimble a lot and has you know been coming over to, to Liverpool uh, and, and training a lot. And, you know, Paddy has always mentioning him. It's isn't it funny? You, you said there not a lot of guys get to ten and zero in the sport or fifteen and zero or whatever it might be. Uh, and, you know, for both of these guys who are top prospects to lose one of their first three fights, we see a lot. Like, I was talking about James Sheehan as well the other day. Lost his first two fights in Cage Warriors, and look where he is now. Like, I think he's one of the top prospects coming through. It really doesn't take away much from you. And if you are a guy with a reputation like these guys, it's going to be tough. What do you see from Chase Blair and from, from Nick Bagley in this card? I suppose at the same time as well, though, neither of these guys will be wanting to get the two and two, will they? They'll want to be getting the three and one. They'll need to get that win here. I think, you know, it's very easy for MMA fans to, if they don't know a guy and they've not seen the fights, they'll just look at the record and say, oh, two and one, you know, not that great, a middling fighter. But for me, all it means is you're fighting tough guys early and you're only going to get better from fighting tough guys, you know. How many times have we seen so-called prospects on the regional scene, 5-0, and 6-0, and and they fought nobody and they take that step up and they get smashed. You're not learning anything from fighting cans or fighting guys you have uh, you know, an overwhelmingly high chance of beating. If you're fighting tough guys, yeah, you're going to lose a fight every now and again. Um, and, and I think we've seen that, especially over the past few years in Cage Warriors because of the pandemic and because of the situation with, look, you just you, you can't pick and choose your fights. You, you, you have an opportunity to fight here and you're not going to get another one for three months. And a lot of guys had to fight guys that they probably wouldn't have fought otherwise until they were maybe seven, eight, nine fights into their pro career. So there's a lot of guys, you know, picking up losses early, but 
all it means is, is that you fought good opposition for me. So, uh, you know, I, I take nothing away from those guys. As, as we've said, both clearly very talented and we've seen that in their wins and their losses. And like you say, they're not going to want to go to two and two. So I'm expecting big performances from both these guys. 100%. Uh, Imre Somnes as well. He's 17 fights into his career now. I know he did spelling cage wars, was out, back in uh, again. Uh, he's fighting Adam uh, Moschini here out of, out of France. And, you know, he's... I'm looking at some of his fights where he fought over in UAE Warriors and, and other places as well. And, like, he's had some tough fights. Like, he's fought opponents, you know, with 13, 14 fights uh, in his career. And, you know, okay, first few fights, may, maybe not so much, but he fought 4-0 and guy, an 8-5 and five guy. I'm look, I'm looking at this one of these fights on the undercard and thinking kind of like, for Somnes, this is his opportunity to come back to the UFC, or sorry, to, to Cage Warriors, get go on that run he's 30 years of age now you know he has a good record he's obviously a talented guy but this I think is probably the point for him where he needs a big year in 2023 if he is going to make that big push and go forward again in his career and this is a tough enough fight for him yeah absolutely look you know he, he came to cage warriors with uh with a very good record beat Daryl Golding he's a really talented guy uh and then look you know he ran into Aiden Stephen and Liam Gittins who, who were you know two incredibly talented fighters I mean you know, both these guys have been in some incredibly entertaining fights, high-level fights. Uh, and again, I would say losing to those guys, you know, it's, it's not the end of the world. We've seen Emra, uh, you know, drop back down to the regional scene, got a couple of nice wins under his belt. But as you say, uh, the pressure's on now. 30 years of age, it's his fighting prime. He's got to start putting those ticks in the win column. So this is going to be a big fight for him, uh, potentially a pivotal fight in his career. Um, but we've seen him come back from adversity in the past. And again, I'm, I'm expecting a big performance from Emra, but, you know, let's not write Adam off either. As you say, he's had a few tough fights himself. He's going to be coming into this one probably as an underdog. There's not going to be a massive weight of expectation on his shoulders, but how many times have we seen Ian Dean pluck a guy out from, uh, especially the French regional scene, and then all of a sudden you've got a William Gomez or a Morgan Sharrier in your hands. Yeah, and I'm just looking at William Gomez here for the next fight we're going to talk about because Tobias Cerrilla, you mentioned him earlier on, he's fighting Damon Wilson. I had an opportunity to watch a bit of Wilson there uh, just when my internet came back this morning. and <laughs> didn't happen over here. And he's a great athlete was the first thing I noticed about him. Absolutely ripped to shreds. L- looks like, do you know what? It's weird. He looks like a guy that's not very easily pushed back. Which is <laughs> it's an interesting matchup when you come up against Tobias Rilla. Like Rilla's it's interesting. Like I watched him and I was like, this guy is just gonna walk his way to the championship. You know, he'll come up against uh, obviously a very tough guy, uh, whether it's Hughes or, or Charrier or, or Vujinic or whoever it might be, uh, over the last couple of years in the championship fight, but until then I was like, No, I wanna match him. He came up against William Gomez, who, look, he what he has shown since then, he's a top, top fighter. And Samuel Bark, I remember in that preview, you kind of, you didn't you didn't call it per se, but you were like, that could happen. What happened with Samuel Bark? Because we know how, how good he is. This is a massive fight again for Harilla. Like, he's had fights, you know, he's supposed to fight Hinden, supposed to fight Peatley, all those fights kind of went up in smoke and then turned into different fights. Obviously, Bark one came on short notice. But this is a big fight for him. Like, as a guy who, Everyone, I think, was thinking he's not even going to be the next challenger. He's going to be the next champion to someone who could have lost three of his last four fights. That's a massive, massive turnaround. So it's a huge fight for him as well. And Wilson it won't be easy. He's 5-0 and all, you know, undefeated, hasn't learned how to lose yet, which is a big thing for a lot of these fighters. And, you know, you were talking about this being one of the people's main events. I, I 
I definitely think it is because every time Marilla fights, do you know what? I need like a picture of Marilla and his mask for the wall behind me. I, I need one of them for there. This is this is probably the fight on. I don't know if it'll be on the undercard or the main card, but this is one of the fights I'm really, really looking forward to. I suppose outside of uh, of the top three. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, Sean. You know, both these guys are really interesting cats. They're both great characters. Uh, both a little bit crazy, you know, in in, in the best possible way, and. You know, we see that in the cage as well as outside of it. You know, they're both super, super entertaining guys. Um, Tobias Arilla is a guy who's never found himself in a fight that he wasn't enjoying, right? He just loved to scrap. And it's it means we've seen some fantastic performances. We've seen him knock guys out cold. But we've also seen him get into a stand-up fight with, uh, you know, with a guy like Samuel Bark because he wanted to prove a point and it didn't end up going his way. And we also saw him chasing down William Gomez and it didn't end up going his way. So I, I think, look, I, I think if you take both those fights, you know, the Bark fight and the Gomez fight, I, I, th- I think if you could say uh, to Tobias Herrera, right, you're going to do that fight again, but your game plan is going to be take them down and smash them with ground and pound. You might get two different results there very, very easily. I think with Herrera, it's going to be a case of he's going to keep his head in the game for this one. He doesn't want to uh, engage where Damon Wilson's going to be strongest. He wants to use his wrestling a bit more, get that ground and pound going um, and try and replicate that stoppage he got against Aiden Steven in, in his debut. Whether he does that or not, well, that's the entertaining thing about Harilla, right? Because you can toss a coin. You might go in there and shoot for that takedown or he might just bite down on his gum shield and, and start swinging. And Damon Wilson's exactly the same. You know, they, they call him the nomad. He's a bit of a wild man. Um, I'm expecting I'm expecting some great things with the uh, with the Cage Warriors unlocked video. I'm looking forward to seeing what footage we get of these two guys beforehand because they're both super interesting cats. And in terms of a fight, I think this was the first one announced for this card and the first one announced for the UK uh, the uh, USA versus Europe series. And for me, there was no better way to kick it off than announcing this fight. I'm I'm absolutely buzzed for it. Very can't wait fight. to call yeah, it. Yeah, I, I got it. That's a, that's a great great fight. Uh, before we get to the top three then, we have two, I suppose, veterans. Wilson Hayes, as you mentioned earlier, been around for a long time. He's fighting Thomas uh, Groundval. I watched him. He's another guy who stood out to me as a very, very good athlete. Darren Stewart also on the card as well against uh, Guillermo Can, uh, Cadena. Darren Stewart and Hayes, you look at those two type of guys, and they're the type of guys, I think, that you need on a card like this to kind of maybe get people in to see a Christian Leroy Duncan or to, you know, to so they can become the next guy that everybody knows. You know, people like me or people like who love the prospects coming up, who love the, the next talented uh, guy or girl coming up to, to, to be a cage or a champion or get the UFC or whatever, they'll be in anywhere. But for the people like, oh, Wilson Hayes is fighting this weekend, let's tune in for that. And then they see, you know, the next guy's coming up. I think that's that's a big thing. Or they, oh, Darren Stewart, I know him. He used to be in the UFC. I think that is a big thing. I think it's smart to cage warriors have that. Break down those two fights for us. Like, Wilson Hayes is a guy who, you know, from back in the day, years and years and years ago, fighting uh, fighting on, uh, on, on Cage Warriors against, uh, against Owen Roddy. And, yeah, Owen Roddy and fighting in Ivan, yeah. Yeah, Ivan Minjavar in the UFC and many more in the UFC as well. Henry Sahudo and Dimitri Shanson and all to come back, I suppose, full circle back to Cage Warriors. Won his last fight in Cage Warriors. Now coming on here as well, like... I think I think it'd be really cool if Wilson Hayes kept winning a few fights and was like fighting for a title against one of the really good up and comers in Cage Warriors. I think that's really really would be a really really fun way to do it. And for Darren Stewart as well at the same time, you know, you could see Darren in a few fun fights. He's fighting at one eighty five now. 
you know, Darren wins a few fights and uh, and, and you could put him in there. I know he's on, not the greatest run in the, in the world at the moment, Locked, lost him in Stan, and makes Anton on the way in, but he's another guy. With a couple of fights, you're building him right back up there at the top of those divisions. It's interesting to have guys like that, as well as the prospects coming up, I suppose, to even test them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, as you said, you know, Darren's not had uh, the best run recently. You know, he's he struggled with guys when they've been able to overwhelming whether that's with the strikes or uh as we saw in his fight against mick stanson just with with the wrestling um you know he's had a bit of time to kind of take a step back reevaluate things i know he was kind of questioning whether he was going to carry on fighting but he seems reinvigorated again and uh, i think uh in in his opponent uh in a couple of weeks timing in Kadena, he's going to get a much more kind of Darren Stewart fight. This is a guy who's going to go in there and scrap it out with him. But look, you know, the pressure's on Darren here. He he needs a win. If he does want to continue fighting, if he does want to work his way back to maybe title contention in Cage Warriors, uh, or whether he just wants to have a few more fun fights, he's going to start getting these wins. And, you know, he's fighting a tough, battle-tested guy, uh, you know, a kind of a, not a journeyman, but, you know, a veteran of the scene and, and a guy who's kind of interested in having the same kind of fight that Darren's interested in. So I'm expecting a bit of a slugfest here. And, you know, typically in the past when we have seen Darren get to those kind of fights, they've always been uh, super exciting. And I completely agree with you about Wilson Hayes as well. Look, I think if Wilson Hayes gets a, gets a big win here, who's to say he doesn't fight for a title shot at some point next year? You know, I, I mean... Given his past credentials, he'll have a few wins uh, in a row under his belt. Th- there's no reason why you know he shouldn't fight a guy like a, like a Kalen Lockrun or a Michelle Martignoni who, who's coming up. What what a great fight for one of those guys that would be. And I'm sure we'll move on to it now, but but very similar in my mind to a Christian Leroy Duncan fighting a Jesse Taylor, a guy who's been around the block, a guy who everyone knows, and it's going to take them to that next level in terms of the perception among the MMA fans. Yeah, 100. There's always been, you know, that kind of that UFC test, like Ian Gary had it and others have had it down through the years. It's always been a thing. And I think that is something that Cage Warriors can do more now because they are located in America for a few cars in the year. And it's obviously easier to get the likes of Wilson Hayes and others on it as well. Let's talk about the, the three title fights. And first of all, Sam Creasy against Shad Shack. Obviously, they, they fought back in 2016. It was it, it was a good while ago now, I, I suppose. Um and you know Chajak came out on on top that uh, that time he has you know gone all around the world fighting in fight nights back at cage wires over to Aries and different places he's on a four fight run now beat Samir Fadin last time out who's a very very good fighter you know he's only lost in the last what four years is to Jake Hadley who is what you know one of the top guys uh, on the scene at the moment for Sam Creasy it's been a bit of a you know been a bit, bit of a weird time but he got the great win um only it was only what two or three months ago now against Stipe Beric after that kind of the two weird fights against Luke Shanks again before being on the run beating Arna uh, AB and stuff before that watching the two of them again uh, after you know I've obviously been watching them for for years it, it feels like, I remember I, I was listening to your commentary in one of the Shah Jack fights. I think maybe it was against, was it against Paul Marin, maybe? And you were like, one of these guys is going to wrestle their way to a win here at some stage. And I feel like that might be the case again in this Sam Creasy fight. No, maybe, maybe it won't be when it's two guys who maybe will want to wrestle their way there. It might turn into a striking match. But I just feel like this is going to be a kind of, especially for two guys who have fought before who will know each other. 
it could be a very much a case of who lands the first blow here. Not first punch even, but the first takedown or the first, maybe the first big shot or, the, you know, the, the first person who kind of gets in the lead and maybe keeps that. I think it's a very interesting mental fight, this one here, for Shadishak. It's a, it's a massive opportunity as well, coming back to Cage Warriors. And for Sam Creasy, you know, he's a guy who... He speaks very well. He did an interview with my colleague Harry Powell there uh, a couple of months back, and he speaks very intelligently. He's a guy like who probably should be talked about higher than he is, and I think this is an opportunity maybe in this big card to, to show that and to prove a lot of things to a lot of people. Uh, and for Shashak, I suppose the same opportunity lies there. This is a very fun fight. Yeah, I think both of these guys are two of the most uh, underrated guys in Europe uh, in terms of what they've achieved. They're both incredibly talented fighters. It would have been great to see them fight at Unplugged last month. Obviously, it was originally going to be the main event of Unplugged because their first fight was on the very first Unplugged. So it would have been a real cool uh, full circle kind of thing. But fortunately, Sam uh, was was unwell during the fight week and, and had to withdraw. But he's back to full strength now. And I, I'm really looking forward to this one because it's two guys who you know are quite clearly currently at the top of their game. And they've both maybe struggled just to get over that final hurdle where people are saying, yeah, the, these are the, you know, the, the, the guys in Europe. It's unfortunate that one of them has to win this one and one of them has to lose unless we get a split draw or something crazy like that. Um, but, you know, I, I think whoever does get their hand raised, they are going to finally kind of overcome uh, that, that hump of being recognized as, as legitimately one of the top flyweights in Europe. Can't wait to call this one. 100%. Very interested as well to see the light heavyweight belt back here uh, with Modestus Pekowskis fighting against Chuck Campbell. Obviously, Modestus came in there. Got, do you know what? The, maybe it wasn't the most illuminating performance against Lee Chadwick, but it was a good, steady win. And it was a good test against a guy like Lee Chadwick who will make it kind of tough on you and it's big and strong and hard. And now I think maybe is a time where he can show more of what made... Modestus Pekowski special in terms of his his skill and his quality and all that obviously after the tough time in the UFC but Chuck Campbell is no easy out here I watched his fight this morning uh, against Andy Clamp and it's like oh yeah he's, you know, he's going to take him now and he's going to push him against the cage he's going to push him against the cage landed one big shot and then landed two more after and he was absolutely put out this guy can hit hard, can hit real, real, real hard, you know, fighting out of AKA as well. In that fight as well, his wrestling defense looked really, really, really good. And, you know, if this one stays on the feet, someone is getting sparked here early, I think. Someone is getting sparked. I can't wait for this one. Yeah, I think if you're a betting man, you're definitely going, you know, maybe below... 2.5 rounds on this yeah, one so certainly, rounds certainly within the distance <laughs> yeah. um but look let's uh let's not have me an employee of a promotion talking about gambling on a podcast i hear oh, that's God, uh, no, no, frowned upon no, these no, no. days um <laughs> but look you know i i had a chat with modestus uh I, I did an interview with him that's up on the cage warriors website at the moment and you know he's very honest about the fact that he didn't fight the way he wanted to against lee he didn't pull the trigger as much as he should have but coming back from a potentially career-altering, if not career-ending injury. Um, in, in, and not for the first time in his career either. He's had serious injuries earlier on in his career. Uh, so he talked about the kind of the dark times he'd had and, you know, basically just sitting alone in his room crying and, and drinking and, you know, obviously de- dealing with some form of depression after getting that injury and being cut from the UFC. But he also talked about 
finding strength in that and being able to come back from that and realize that, you know, this wasn't the end of the road for him. So uh, certainly that fight against Lee was a big deal for him. I'm, I'm sure there was a lot of pent up tension and he maybe didn't pull the trigger as much as he wanted to, but he's got back in there. He's going to win over a former cage warriors, uh, middleweight champion, a guy who's on a bit of a run himself at light heavyweight. And I'm sure he feels great after doing that. Now he's going to have a very different kind of opposition uh, in Chuck. You know, Chuck's not going to be the guy who's trying to lean on him, who's trying to, bully him against the cage as you say Sean these guys are probably going to slug it out in the center of the cage and if that happens I, I don't see a final bell in this one I would be very surprised if this one makes it out of the third round Chuck by name and Chuck by nature will be chucking a lot of punches at because here I, I I'd be surprised it made out of the first round I'm 100% being honest there it's yeah but because like when you crack like that no matter how good of a chin you have what, someone's probably <laughs> someone's probably gone outside and look it'll depend as well maybe Modestas can fight a different sort of way and maybe because of all the challenges and the, the, the experiences he's had, he's had maybe it will be like well I'm not getting into that sort of fight against someone like Campbell who's going to strike like that and you know that'd be a smart way of doing it but we'll we'll see how that goes let's talk about the main event I, I was doing a podcast last night and uh, I posed the question to, to I, I was doing it with my, my guy Ian I posed the question if you could pick one guy in the UK or Irish scene or maybe even the European scene right now who you think will be and kind of an up and coming guy would have only maybe less than 10 fights who could be a future UFC champion who would it be and we were thinking and the one I came up with was Christian Leroy Duncan like and I'm talking about not UFC ranked not get to the UFC not top 5 in the UFC UFC championship potential I that's how much I think of Christian Leroy Duncan I think he is that talented I think he is that good and he's coming in here against Jesse Taylor like the weird thing about Christian Leroy Duncan is he's only 7-0 and it's only seven and all. He feels like a lad was about fifteen and all. Obviously, he's a vast, long amateur career, but he's coming in against a guy with f- nearly fifty fights in Jesse Taylor, who is a dog of a wrestler who's been around for a long time. As you said, almost got to the UFC twice. You know, we we all know the Jesse Taylor's story at this stage, but he, no one could ever doubt Jesse Taylor's quality and the ability he has. And for someone like Christian Leroy Duncan, even though I say that, uh, I, I could not think of him more highly. This is an unbelievably tough test for him. And fair play to Cage Wars, fair play to Dean Dean for making this fight and testing a guy out like this. And it's, do you know what? It's a massive opportunity for Jesse Taylor as well to get even more redemption in, in his career. This is a fight. There's so many storylines, but the fight itself is, is a very, very interesting one too. I'm sure you can't wait to call it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I saw, and I think it was maybe only just one guy on, on social media when this fight was announced, and they said, oh, Cage Warriors have given Christian Leroy Duncan an easy fight here. And I was like, really? Like, I don't think Jesse Taylor's an easy fight absolutely for anybody. Does. Like, when your wrestling is that good, and when you have the kind of self-belief that a guy like Jesse Taylor has, like, he tells himself he's going to do something and, and he gets it done, you know? And as you said, we all know the story of, the first, uh, the first time he was on tough and everything that happened there. Uh, and for him to be able to come back years later and win tough w- was phenomenal. And obviously, you know, there, there was another twist in the tail as well after that. But, you know, this is a guy who's, who's had some tough times in his life and he's been able to pick himself up, dust himself off and go on to succeed in, in, in grappling and in MMA and in wrestling a number of times. So you can't doubt the intestinal fortitude of this guy and you can't doubt his skills in the cage. Christian Leroy Duncan, this this guy's just a different cat, right? He's a different breed, isn't he? Uh, I mean, I'm looking back through Christian Leroy Duncan's fights and I'm trying to pick a flaw and I'm trying to pick something he's done wrong and I can't see anything. 
And obviously he's had wins and losses at amateur, but you look at the level of the guys he was fighting in those amateur fights. You know, he's fighting guys who, um, you know, some of those guys in, in the IMAFs, the guys from, uh, you know, the Eastern Europe and the guys from the Middle East, they're getting paid full time to, to train and fight. They're essentially professional fighters already. And he's competing with those very, very early in his career. But as a pro, I've not seen him make a mistake. And that's not me hyping him up. That's genuinely, I, I can't remember anything that he's done where I thought, oh, that sucked or he needs to learn from that or he needs to improve there. His striking's on point. His fitness is on point. He's super strong. He's got cardio. He's great on the ground as well. We don't see that as much, obviously, because he's so spectacular on the feet. This guy is a serious, serious contender. I think if you were to put a gun to my head and say, you've got to, you know, pick something about this guy that he does need to improve. It's just the talking side of things. You know, he's a guy who keeps himself to himself. And maybe that's why he's so good in the cage because he doesn't bother about all the other stuff. He, you know, he doesn't bother with social media very much. Uh, he's, he does his talking with it, with his hands and his feet and his knees and his elbows and, and, and everything else. So that's fine. You know, you don't have to be Conor McGregor, uh, but you just have to be really good at winning fights, which, which he is. So what you need in that situation is wins over recognizable names, people that everybody knows. And JT Money is that guy. And this is that fight for Christian Leroy Duncan. This is the fight that is going to uh, take him over the top, I, I, I think. And I think I would be very surprised if he's in Cage Warriors in 12 months' time. This could be the win that gets him on that March card in, in London. Um, and, and if not then, certainly a, a, another card uh, like later in the uh, the first half of the year. Yeah, I, I suppose the only thing holding him back is that 7-0 and record. Like, he hasn't had that many fights, but as you said, you look at the amateur record, but you look at the guys he's fought as well. You know, the Will Curry first fight was obviously the weird one, but he came back, he won the second one unanimously. Like, Justin Moore, an absolute bull of a man to go in there, finish him in the first round. Like, Johnny Milan, when he came into Cage Warriors, it was, he was one of those guys that uh, that Dean Dean plucked out, and I remember watching him before. It was Matthew Bonner he beat for the title, wasn't it? I remember watching it, it was like, uh, yeah, this guy's going to win the title here. <laughs> this guy's really good. Christian Lee Duncan goes in there and knocks him out. And Dimitrov, it was only it was only last month, wasn't it? It wasn't that long ago at all. I was watching him, I was like, another bull of a man got in there. Like and the thing about Christian Lee Duncan, he is kind of tall and I suppose slender enough for the middleweight division. And you're thinking, like, the guys like that with the strength and maybe the takedown ability could cause him problems. But sure, he goes in there and destroys him as well in a round. And uh, I'm very interested to see what way he's going to do it to Jesse Taylor. Because, like, if Jesse can go in there and test him and take him down a couple of times, this is five rounds, you know, it could test the cardio, it could test everything. But also, if he stops that takedown... And Jesse is standing with him. Like, Jesse can strike, he can do it all, but he can strike like Christian Leroy Duncan. And he'd probably be put out of there in a, in a round or two as well if the fight is, is striking like that. So, a very a very intriguing matchup. I, I would totally disagree with the person who's, you know, talking this one down. Jesse Taylor is a great test. You have to remember as well, okay, he is only seven fights into his career, you know, and to have a test like Jesse Taylor, 50 fights into his career and early at that stage is, is massive and shows the level, I think, that Christian Leroy Duncan is. But... I think it's probably it's something more that, you know, like myself as a commentator and seeing that, you know, people in the media would, would be more interested in than in, in terms of the actual fight. But, you know, you, you look at Jesse Taylor's history with Cage Warriors. He beat an Irishman in Ireland for a title. He beat a Welshman in Wales defending his title. Now he's fighting Englishmen in England. There's, uh, you know, he, he's, he's potentially uh, 
racking up another one of the four nations here. We just need the Scottish middleweight if he wins and uh, he could get the full house. I like it. I like it. I, I, I don't know if he'll win, but I, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. This is a very fun card, you know, when there's three titles on it. Uh, I, you know, the Irish card coming up as well. I, I want four titles on the Irish card coming up now. I might be a bit greedy, but we can do we can do one better than this, but a very, very interesting card. And uh, I'm really, really looking forward to it. Brad, thank you very much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to hearing you on the call uh, on, uh, on New Year's Eve and looking forward to hearing uh, you on the call all through next year as well and further for for Cage Warriors as well it's always a joy uh, to, to hear it and to, to watch the, the great Cage Warriors cards as well so check it out UFC Fight Pass New Year's Eve Cage Warriors UK versus US we leave it there my name is Sean G for Shardog.com and we'll see you all next time <laughs>